Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the 20th of May, you're here on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna and I'm taking you through to 9.30 this morning. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so you can find us on those social media platforms. You can ring us on 966372777. And of course, you can email us at aawl at aawl.org.au. I am flying solo this morning. I managed to successfully get rid of Pierre. So if you're upset about that, you might have to take it up with AAWL, but you've got the pleasure of my company for the rest of the morning, um, or at least for the rest of the half hour. Um, Coming up in the second part of the program, um, as promised last week, we will be looking at the situation in South Korea. Um, Following the impeachment of President Park Uh, Uh, you would have seen that uh, a new president, uh, Moon Jae-in, was elected. People are talking about Moon Jae-in like he is this new, progressive, amazing guy. His his history is actually in the conservative side of politics and he did serve in the previous previous government on the conservative side. He is, however, come in saying that he's going to you know, support labour laws and um, certainly turn around the massive attacks that President Park waged against the the union movement in South Korea. So from what we can tell, our comrades are hopeful but sceptical. And we do have, I did interview one of our comrades, Jung Ok Kong, who is from Sharps. And Sharps is the organisation that is supporting the Samsung workers who Uh, hundreds of them actually have acquired uh, blood diseases and brain tumours and um, serious, serious injuries from the manufacturing of Samsung smartphones, um, particularly from the chemicals that are used in that manufacture. So we'll be speaking with uh, Jung Ok Kong in the second part of the program, um, looking at the situation in South Korea, but particularly a deal an in-principle deal that was signed off between Sharps and President Moon just before his election and, of course, the prospects of him fulfilling on the terms of that deal now that he's in power. A few announcements before we get started. Um, Of course, Radiothon is coming up, so uh, make sure you uh, are getting ready to choose the shows that you're going to pledge some money to. Radiothon is from the 5th of June through to the 18th of June. Um, It's something that as a station as a whole will be participating in. Um, This is one of the main ways that 3CR uh, gets the revenue that it requires to stay on air so that we can continue to bring you progressive voices, progressive news and current affairs from uh, across the world, from locally here in Melbourne, from nationally here in the country, and of course specific to this program, Asia Pacific Currents, from across the Asia Pacific region. I'm going to go to some community announcements now and then I will uh, bring you news from around the region. 
3CR are selling kefir Palestinian scarves in support of the last factory that produces them in Hebron, Palestine. All profits will be donated to the reconstruction efforts in Gaza and support Palestinian industry. These are traditional scarves available in red and black, or you can choose from a modern design. Go to 3cr.org.au slash shop to buy online or drop into the station during business hours. I often feel the only thing standing between us falling off that precipice and actually fighting our way back up the top of the hill is the trade union movement. I really believe that. We have the numbers, we have the commitment, we have the heart, we have the will to really fight. And the only way we're going to win that fight is to grow the union movement. That was Jed Carney talking up union. Stay tuned to 3CR for more union news. 8.55 on your AM dial or 3cr.org.au. It's six minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. Time now for news from around the region. And we're starting uh, by looking at some more news in the shipbreaking industry and particularly the death of more workers. In the first 10 days of May, two workers were killed in separate incidents in the huge shipbreaking beaches of Chittagong in Bangladesh. Ishak was killed when a steel wire smashed into his face while the second worker, Shahinur, was killed after falling off the ship he was working on. Unfortunately, as previously reported, these are not isolated deaths. The shipbreaking yards of South Asia have appalling safety standards, wages are extremely low and organising efforts by workers is severely repressed by both employers and governments. Of course, um, while there are shipbreaking beaches um, across uh, South Asia, so in, in Pakistan, in Bangladesh. Um, as far as we can tell, Bangladesh is probably the the most severe in relation to worker injuries and worker deaths. Uh, looking now at the coal mining industry in Iran, it took almost a week to rescue workers for rescue workers to pull all the bodies of the miners that were killed by the explosion at the coal mine in Golestan province in early May. The final death toll, death, excuse me, death toll now stands at 43, with many others injured. The president of Iran, Hassan Rahouni, went to visit the site but was met by an angry response from surviving miners and their families. The miners accused the government of having abandoned them and not listening to them previously. As a recent human rights report details, the situation for workers in Iran is very oppressive. Currently, there's an international campaign to free Ismail Abdi. He's one of the imprisoned teachers, but there are um, over 400 political prisoners in Iran at the moment. Uh, there actually was a, um, a photo exhibition um, put on here in Melbourne, Australia, uh, by an Irani so- so- uh, solidarity group calling for the release and um, some campaign and support for these Iranian prisoners in prison. And actually, I've started con- discussing re-putting that on so that we can bring that to you listeners um, and also supporters of Iranian political prisoners that are stuck behind bars. But continual 
occupational health and safety deaths like that that we've seen in the uh, mine industry are a, a consequence of the the massive repression um, of the workers' movement there. Looking now at Palestine. Last Monday, the 15th of May, Palestinians in Israel and the occupied lands commemorated the 69th anniversary of Al Nakba, the catastrophe. This day marks the founding of Israel through the expulsion of some 750,000 Palestinians from their lands. As with many other years, Palestinians marked the event. Um, Palestinians that were marking this event were fired upon by Israeli soldiers with 11 people wounded. This year, there is mounting tension due to the ongoing hunger strike by over 1,500 Palestinian prisoners in Israeli jails. International solidarity events in support of the hunger strikers continued around the world. And in Pakistan, this coming Monday, the 23rd of May, has been selected as a global day of action calling for the release of Baba Jan, a well-known human rights and community activist in Pakistan. Baba Jan was arrested in 2012 for the crime of leading a demonstration against killings by the police. Baba Jan was charged under terrorism laws and tried in special anti-terrorism courts. He and 15 other activists were handed life sentences. A new appeal is going to be heard by the Supreme Court of Pakistan against his sentencing. And in India, a successful strike. Around 300 women workers employed at the Slam Clothing Factory in Mahindra City in Chennai, which operates as a special economic zone. The workers walked off the job to demand wage arrears from 2014, annual increments and their social security benefits. This victory is doubly important as the workers had to fight to have their collective rights recognised and to have their union fight for them. The garment industry worldwide is characterised by insecure work, oppressive working conditions and frequent relocation of factories as companies chase the lowest wages and highest profits. And in Australia, or in relation to Australia, there, there is news of the latest cover-up at detention centres. In mid-April, as Australia's refugee detention centre in Manus Island and Papua New Guinea, um, the defence personnel attacked the centre and shot at the refugees, wounding at least one. Australia's Immigration Minister Peter Dutton not only downplayed the incident but intimated that the refugees had assaulted a local child. Dutton's version was not only contradicted by the PNG authorities and evidence collected by human rights organisations, but it's become clear that the attack seriously put the lives of many refugees at risk. The response by the Australian government to this incident once again highlights the brutal anti-refugee policies that have been carried out by successive Australian governments. That's a, a lot of um, news about how we're not quite going forward uh, across the labour movement, across the world, but it is absolutely necessary to confront the situation that we're facing. That is the news from around the region. It's 12 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm going to go to some community announcements and a track as well, and then we'll be uh, we'll be back with the interview with Jung Ok Kong uh, from Sharps. Hello, this is Lachlan from Die Die Die. You're listening to 3CR, support local radio and your local music scene. Subscribe now.
indigenous people in Australia and the Pacific have borne the brunt of nuclear testing. And this was not done unconsciously. We found documents in the British archives saying that, yes, there is uh, certain hazards, but only to primitive peoples, those that don't wear clothes and don't wash, unlike us British. So the sort of racism inherent in this whole operation was known and understood from the beginning, that these were the casualties of a larger imperial policy and that they were able to bear the brunt because there were very small populations and didn't have much political voice. And as we fast forward to today, we see that same thing. 3CR, keeping you informed about Australia's nuclear past and present. At such a time, it's important to have a voice like 3CR, steady, constant, sane and committed to a nuclear-free Australia. Hi, this is Mitchell from Cut Copy, and you're listening to 3CR. Please support community radio. Subscribe now. Well, I was going to play a track, but I changed my mind. We're going to go straight into the interview. Um, just to just to recap this story, um, and I, I really want to, I'd like it that the listeners that you got the the actual impact of the campaign that Sharps is running. So there there um, there is a a factory, just not just one, um, but there are a series of factories, semiconductor in the semiconductor industry in South Korea. These are the factories that make smartphones. So. Um, in fact, iPhones mostly are made in a Foxconn factory in China. Um, but between China and South Korea, there are quite a number of these um, factories in an export processing zone that manufacture these smart products. The, smart pro- the manufacturer of these smart products are notoriously dangerous to workers. And Samsung particularly, being an, a massive multinational corporation, vehemently anti-union and also just a dirty, dirty company um, has attempted to smash and prevent organising and succeeded in preventing organising in its factories. One of the consequences of that is that the it is one of the most dangerous places to work in South Korea. In the last 10 years, more than 200 workers have contracted blood diseases born from the chemicals used in the manufacture of these products. Those blood diseases have resulted in some cases in tumours, lots and lots of fainting in the factory and other long-term injuries sustained by workers. This organisation, Sharps, has uh, for the for 10 years been trying to draw um, media and public attention to this issue, but also campaigning for the rights of these workers, the health and safety rights of these workers in the factory. In 10 years, the most critical milestone came only in the last month, and that is in the... Um, in the aftermath of the impeachment of President Park. So she was impeached um, because she took bribes from uh, lots of companies, including Samsung. Um, so some people describe the bribery and her and her involvement in it as very low level. It was her and her one of her aides um, who and together they took very personal gain kind of um, bribes from these corporations. So she was impeached on the back of a massive labor movement that was against or fighting back against her attacks um, to smash the labor movement. 
So the front runner, a guy called President, uh, well, a guy called Moon Jae-in, who was a part of the Minju Party, it's a conservative party in South Korea, was elected. He was elected on the 6th of May. In the lead up to that presidential election, Sharps and the Munju uh, Party of Korea reached an agreement. And so the real challenge now is whether or not that a- agreement is going to be fulfilled. So I spoke to Jong Ok Kong, who is one of the occupational practitioners of Sharps. Sharps is an NGO. Um, just to talk about the agreement that they've come to and what it looks like or what is next in the campaign. So this interview starts with Jong Ok Kong introducing herself and the organisation. Oh, hello, my name is Jong Ok Kong. I'm the occupational physician and a volunteer for uh, the public interest NGO SHARPS in Korea. And can you tell me what SHARPS is? SHARPS is the supporters for the health and rights of people in semiconductor industry. So basically, we have been working with and for the victims from the high-tech electronic industry in Korea who got ill or uh, who died from um, the health problem from their factories for the last 10 years. And just prior to the recent South Korean elections, uh, Sharps and uh, now President Moon reached an agreement. What are the details of that agreement that was reached? Uh, that agreement, agreement has four points. So number one the president agrees on uh, Sharp's view on compensation, which Samsung made unilaterally. So he will endeavor to restart the dialogue on compensation between Sharp's and Samsung Electronics. And number two, he will endeavor to strengthen the employer's responsibility on the injuries or disease in workplace, which is fatal or serious or just repeated. And also he promised to make effort to strengthen the punishments when the employers try to conceal occupational disease or injuries. And number three, uh, he promised to endeavor to prevent outsourcing of hazardous work by strengthening the punishments on the main contract employers who does not protect the safety and health of subcontractors. And the last, for the right to know of the workers, he promised to endeavor to implement a transparent system on hazardous chemicals information. Do you trust President Moon to fulfill on these promises now that he's been elected? Uh, Well... Uh, first, I want to emphasize that our movement is not based on a trust on the goodwill of the people with power. We have been working and fighting based on the belief that workers' health and safety should be put higher than any value, just as all the listeners uh, do. <laughs> but still, I can answer to your question. Uh, This agreement is a great opportunity for the President Moon to differentiate 
his government from the previous ones in a good way. Also, uh, as I explained uh, before, the content of this agreement is never radical nor threatening. Actually, these are just the very basic and critical requirements for the so-called civilized society so that the sound conservatives can agree on. However, it will not be easy for the new government to fulfill all of four agreements in short periods because the, the employers will resist hard not to lose what they have enjoyed for years. So that is why we need to organize more pressure so that the new president can keep his promise. Well, looking at the situation for workers under the previous president, Park Yun-hee, we know that one of the things she's accused of and consequently found guilty of was taking bribes from many companies, among them Samsung Electronics. Did these revelations, did they surprise you? And is it part of the reason why Samsung has been allowed to be such a dirty company for so long? Uh, No and yes. (laughs) So I did not uh, be surprised. Uh, I was not surprised by the fact because actually uh, a lot of people already knew there was huge corruption um, and that's quite old-fashioned and historically long (laughs) problem of Korea Uh, and uh, but sorry to say uh, this this corruption is actually uh, how to say it's too low level I mean it's too private the president and Lee Jae-yong, I mean, they just work only for their just personal interest. And so we are very disappointed to see that. And yes, uh, Samsung is notorious for its own history of development based on the dirty corruption with all the previous governments, the di- dictators. So being open to this kind of corruption it's not a it's not a personal thing but you also said that the corruption is very common in korea so power and money itself the argument could go is what corrupts or the position of president is about the position not the person so are you confident that president moon would not come under similar pressure to be open to bribes by major companies like samsung um well i i am quite sure that there must be some similar pressure in various way but uh i hope the new president will go through um, and not to be trapped by those pressure. Actually, this is a challenge for uh, the sound conservatives of Korea. I mean, this main party, the new government, that basically they are uh, the conservatives, which is a better <laughs> party than the previous government, but still they are conservatives. And I think 
if they really want to um, achieve a certain level of sustainability, then um, they should not be defeated by this kind of corruption pressure by the big companies. Because now all the Korean learn that we can kick the president out of its position by the protest and by the vote. So if they show the similar problem, then Korean people will not let them continue. I cannot say that I'm confident uh, or I have any belief about this government or the companies, but I do believe the power of people in Korea. Well, you did say yourself earlier that it is necessary to continue fighting because we can't put all of our trust in the hands of elected officials. So what is next in the campaign for health and safety in the semiconductor industry? The problem now we found is not the Samsung's only problem. It's a very general problem. So uh, first, we need to make Samsung and other major electronic companies to take um, responsibility or any legal or even you know, beyond the laws. They, they should take the responsibility on their workers' safety and health. But also, uh, we really think... Um, more, how to say, broader approach is needed, especially, you know, Samsung has their own manufacturing facilities, not only in Korea, but also in many other countries. As I know, they have 38 production sites globally, and I don't think they have better safety system in foreign countries than Korea. So, um we need more uh, broader and more global approach for a- achievement of workers' right to health. And also there are terrible accidents and injuries of workers in Korea, especially in subcontractors. So that's why shops is planning to work more on, uh, the subcontractors and the foreign production sites of Korean companies. Well, thank you so much for your time on the program today and also congratulations to you and your comrades for your tireless campaigning around the health and safety for Samsung and other semiconductor workers. Was there anything you wanted to add Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I just want to add one one thing that we really want the listeners can do. <laughs> so any kind of welcome statement or comment on this agreement, that will be a good pressure on the Korean government to implement and to keep the promise. Uh, so... And, and once it is achieved here, then, you know, it can be a good example for the workers 
outside of Korea too. And please keep your eyes on our struggle. We'll do our best and we do hope all of your struggles in the world also uh, get some achievement and victory. Thank you very much. That was Jong-Ok Kong from Sharps talking about the recent election of President Moon Jae-in and the ongoing campaign for justice for workers in the semiconductor industry in South Korea. That does bring us to the end of the program. Um, Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We will be back next Saturday morning from 9 o'clock with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. Also, just to uh, wrap up that particular story, we will post on our website the ways that you can send your solidarity statements to Sharps in support of those semiconductor industry workers. We'll post that to our website on Sunday night, so check it out. As I said, that's all we've got time for today. Coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.